0: a podcast where we will not be talking about Daniel Robitaille, the human name of the horror creation, Candyman. In fact, we're going to be talking about Sweet Tooth, the final episode of Season 1. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And as mentioned, this is Episode 8, Big Man, the last episode of Season 1 of Sweet Tooth on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, spoiler warning, go watch it. It's great. We're going to talk about all of it now. But a lot of stuff comes together in this episode. A lot of stuff comes to
2: bear. I was no pun on Comes Bear. Comes to Bear? Okay. look at you. How do you have time to put puns like that when you're doing yeah. all that Candyman research? All the time?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the five seconds I take a look at the wiki for Candyman before we get on air is uh, the most frantic five seconds of my day.
2: Uh, uh his name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What have we recovered already? There's not that many Candy Bad movies. Season anyway. two. Season two, Alex. <laughs> oh, jeez I'm I'm tapped out at this point. I got Virginia Madison, <laughs> and that's pretty much it that we haven't oh, talked good. about. And now Save I talked it. about her. So you blew, blew that. it. You blew it. Blew that. Anyway, this final episode here brings a lot of the threads together. We get a lot of answers about things. Gus gets captured by Abbott by the end of the episode. Jeopard oh. is left for dead, but picked up by Amy. The zoo is under attack. The hybrids are captured as well. Singh and Ronnie end up in the zoo. So all of these things are coming together. And meanwhile, we get this huge cliffhanger here at the end where Bear gets a phone working with Judy and actually calls Bertie in, I assume, the Arctic. I said Alaska, I think, on the side Alaska. of the yeah, there you go. Some frozen place, some very cold place. Well, Maybe it's Alaska.
2: Vermont. <laughs> yeah. Alaska can be in the Arctic. I believe the Arctic Circle extends. Uh, and before I hate to, we get to Pete's what?
0: question, I just want oh. to tease at the end of the episode, because I know this is everybody's main concern. We are going to be reviewing a piece of candy, and we also are going to be determining the winner of the highly coveted syrup cup. So that's very exciting. The so look forward to that. But Pete, coveted. first, let's get through the episode so we can get to the candy. What's going on?
3: Yeah, I just wanted to just say you, you missed something huge in mm-hmm. your kind of recap, something that a lot of people have been talking yes, about Yes. Again,
0: I want to remind you that the recap is just very broad strokes of what we're talking yeah, about. And now broad
3: it's the strokes, it's we're... a huge stroke and you missed it. So I'm just trying mi- to bring it up. Alex, okay. you
2: missed a stroke. And he's <laughs> on stroke, stroke Watch, on stroke watch. So
3: uh we got to see Bobby's tunnels and Bobby don't fuck around. He's messing with TNT. He is like the guy is I mean, I, I was blown away by what Bobby's been up to. And uh, frankly, I'm scared of him now.
2: You've really come around on Bobby, huh, Pete? Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah.
0: And I just want to remind viewers and Pete that once again, Bobby didn't build those tunnels. <laughs> now, let's get into the episode. Actually, I think a more broad thing we could talk about now that we're here at the end of the season. What did you think about season one, Justin?
2: I thought it was great. I mean, uh, I feel like. The way that they brought these threads together and sort of like paired everybody up with different people that you wouldn't quite expect, I thought was so fun and smart, like really caught me off guard. Yeah, even the bit with Sing and Jeopardy and the elevator and the flashback, all that stuff, they are creating this fairytale environment in a way that I just didn't, I didn't expect them to, to sort of land it so well in this episode. And I really enjoyed the this, this season as a whole. Pete, what about you? Okay, first off, uh, yes, uh, Bobby finally
3: digged the, the tunnels that he dig with well, the ones with the dynamite in it. We finally saw the real tunnels. I joked about the other tunnels before, but in this app, we got to see what he's finally been digging, where they jam all the dynamite. Um, but yeah, he's yes. a real crazy Harry character. Go on.
2: What are What are you an excavator, Peter? Are you? Are you, are you <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm focus. just saying.
3: Like, we finally got the reveal of what Bobby's been up to, and it, it was crazier than I thought.
2: There's so much to remember. talk
0: about in this episode. Please stop. Barking. I mean, <laughs> the, the
2: Bobby Tunnel Twitter is has been lit ever since Thank this you, season Justin. dropped. So, Thank like, you. I will say, Pete is speaking to uh, tens of people out there.
3: That's right. Um, he got rep the ten. Anyways, yeah. I uh, overall just. It was such a magical world that even though I read the comic, I didn't know I would get into it this much. We're spending so much more time with these characters. It's, uh, it's really smart and a lot of amazing, uh, like, just shots. It's beautifully shot and well put together. And the characters and the casting is just phenomenal.
0: I agree with both of you guys. I thought this was a great first season. This is one of my favorite shows in a really long time. And I, they really stuck the landing here in the last episode I was surprised how much of a bow they put on everything from Jeppard in that first scene coming in and hitting the guys who were vaping, which, my, by the way, very fun scene. And very, like we've been talking about all along, very reflective of what's been going on in the world outside. I really like that. Uh, that felt like a conversation, an exaggerated conversation, but a conversation you'd see on the street
2: literally yeah. today. And Rice Darby cameo uh the uh, manager from flight of the concords oh, wow. yeah, that yeah. that's yeah. great yeah, yeah and i awesome. wonder if because i know they were shooting this in new zealand under covid if they shot the scene under covid maybe he was just like i'm available because <laughs> that was a small role for an actor that i feel like is pretty iconic what was yeah.
3: great was i recognized his voice because it, he didn't get his stuff ripped up so it was uh uh, yeah, I was so happy about that. The casting's phenomenal in the show.
0: Yeah, I can't believe I missed that one. I think it was that he didn't say brit at any point, which is yes. the Ugh. main thing that I associate. <laughs> do you
2: think with it was him. it was the same character he was playing from uh the with Absolutely, No doubt on, in my man. mind.
0: The motivational posters behind him and everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I did want to say about the like tying a bow thing, I had these mental check-ins with myself throughout the episode whenever there are these crossing of paths like Sing and Jeopard in the elevator or towards the end of the episode when we find out that Pigtail is actually Bear's little sister, where it's like, is this too much? Is this too much connection? But – I think it worked, you know, that, that was the jacket that I did every time where it felt like, okay, we keep adding and adding these things that are seemingly coincidental, but I do think they were actually set up throughout the season. And I do think they paid off really well. When you think
2: about it, Well, I agree with you because it's a lot of coincidence, but I think the thing that tied it together for me and made it work is honestly, Jimmy Brolin. I think James Brolin's narration is like, He's like, look, see, tones. I've been talking about family all along, and they're all a big family. Like, <laughs> I, it, there's something about the the he creates the fairy tale side where he, it sort of feels like they can be as deliberate as the as what happened in this episode. See, I wish he had kind of come in with some narration where he's
0: like, "Oh wow, that's quite a coincidence."
3: <laughs> well, I don't know. I thought I thought the use of the crossing <laughs> over was perfect. Like. Big man needed a pep talk and like Dr. Singh came through huge in the elevator. And I thought it was like such a nice thing of like, you know, that's what family's about is when people need you, you're there for them. And like the fact that Dr. Singh was there for Jeopardy, so he didn't make a horrible decision that would haunt him for the rest of his life. I, it was just so great. And I didn't want to hate, I didn't want, I was just rude so hard and I like, no, go you go back you go back up there like oh unbelievable
2: and it's so great how Singh is there for that um lizard uh hybrid when he goes oh, to cut come
0: his- on, That was man. brutal. Whoa. Absolutely the brutal. Poor lizard I, kid. What we've talked let, let's jump in and talk about Singh's arc here a bit because we've not gone back and forth is probably the wrong way to say it, but certainly debated or talked about what is happening with Singh and where he is going and how dark of a place he's going to go to. And he doesn't so much straddle that line as cross that line. I would argue by the end of this episode where it's great that he doesn't dissect Gus. I'm very happy about that. But the fact that he has made peace with, well, This this gecko boy doesn't talk. He's not trying to sell me car insurance or anything. So I feel comfortable dissecting his brain. That's cool with me because I'm going to save my wife Um, is not great. And that doesn't point to a good place that he's in going into season two. I think he is, though he's doing it for the right reasons, he's on the side of bad, I would say, by the end of the season.
2: And a, the way that he just – they don't belabor it. Like we don't have him have like a moral discussion uh, with Ronnie or himself or whoever – like they just flip the switch and he's ice cold. He's made the choice. The look on his like- face is uh, it's such
3: a cool, interesting choice where he's just kind of like he's glazed himself over. And he's like, this is just another Tuesday. I'm trying not to like really think about what I'm doing with such a cool, smart choice instead of it being like something bigger. Like now I'm a villain or whatever. I thought it was very interesting.
2: Yeah, and I feel like it's more true to life to have someone you, – when you make a moral choice like that, you, you do do it that way. You don't, like, hem and haw about it. It's like he's in that position. He does it. I, I really like that as well, Pete.
0: And I, I don't think it tanks his character, though, or anything. He still has a chance for redemption. There's still some beautiful moments in there. Uh, the, no, that Ronnie... character's
2: tanked. <laughs> tanked.
0: <laughs> My favorite character in the show in this episode, the tank.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. No question. (laughs) The moment where
0: Ronnie takes the Scrabble tiles and puts them on the window and spells us really got my heart. And that's the thing. Yeah, that was just... Even though, like we've talked about, she's ruthless as well. She's put in this awful position here where she's basically being held as a Z-creature. She's been put in the position. They put the hybrids in there at the end. And that's awful. But there's still this this germ of hope to hold on to another little note on the storyline that I really loved was Abbott knowing that they were bullshitting the whole time. I thought that was great. uh, That it it didn't undervalue the intelligence of that particular character.
2: Now I I hear you. She, you thought she was writing us with the Scrabble tiles, but I think she was writing Use the dull blade on the hybrid (laughs) because that's how much of a monster she is. She was just, we didn't finish the spelling
3: she was doing. Yeah, she was just getting started on a whole sentence. Oh, wow. That's a lot Uh, of
0: Scrabble tiles that she has up her
2: sleeves. She's just pouring them everywhere. What if she was spelling like G U S? Like Gus is the main character. I'm just over here. Yeah. (laughs) She's crying for help as a side character.
3: I think uh, it was. Just, she was spelling out USA. She was feeling very patriotic. Patriotic. Yeah.
0: Old Lang Song. Same. Taking a step back here, but tying it into Abbott. Also, love the attack on the zoo. I thought that was so incredibly staged. And I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, but I do want to pat myself on the back from the second episode where I called that they were going to use the fireworks as a distraction to
2: drive off Abbott's army. There you go. Nailed it. Yeah, your great fireworks call. His back, his back is padded. Like, look yeah. at that thing; it's so relaxed. I'm very it's like smug a, right now. Yeah. A, a, yeah. Yeah. no, we know you don't. Please, you don't need to say that. <laughs> we'll have the the smug horns. We'll be firing yeah. um in the in post. I'll have them in post. Yes, yeah, please.
0: Great. I. This is my favorite Amy episode. I love the interaction with Amy and Abbott when he was calling into the zoo and her taking. Absolutely no shit from anybody. Uh, the attack there, like I said, was excellently staged. I thought it was beautifully shot as well. And just Amy's soul arc over here. She's a badass in this episode yes. and
2: it's awesome to see. Yeah, he, uh, she is. Uh, one more thing on Abbott, I want to say, like I feel like he has like a Jack Skellington vibe or like some sort of <laughs> Batman villain. He's like jumping on the fence. I thought it was such a fun physical choice they made with him as well. Um uh, so that was cool, but back on Amy, yeah, she is such a badass in this episode, and the way she ends up uh, rescuing Jeopard just like ice cold about that as well <laughs> was was great. And what a how are they going to interact with each other in the inevitable season two of Sweet Tooth?
3: Yeah, I mean that's a great question. I think though that you know it was fun to watch some characters change in this season. Like we really got to see. Uh, doctors sing over the dark side. Amy just starts being like, "Okay, I'm a person who just sits around the gun now, and uh, I'm cold as ice, and I go and help things, make things happen." I can't wait to see how those two kind of interact. It'll be very interesting.
2: They are mad. They are yeah. angry. Two are- mad
3: people. Oh, that's gonna be fun. Well, I don't know if. I don't know what's up with Jeopard, though,
0: at the end here. This is a beautiful episode for Jeopard. Obviously, the title of the episode is Big Man, and there's a lot of focus on there. We get this sense through these wonderful flashbacks where his wife is giving birth. We find out he has a hybrid kid. I believe his hybrid kid is in the preserve at the end, I the grown up so. goat boy. I could be wrong about that, but it certainly looked like one of the kids was Goat Boy, you know, the famous character from
2: SNL. Oh, oh, that's wow. so fun to see that oh, origin. Wow. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 Forte, it's nice to have the connection over too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure. absolutely.
0: But Jeopardy is, like we see in his conversation with Gus at the plane, he's kind of emotionally moving on at this point. He's moved on from his anger. He's ready to settle down. He just wants to have a house with Gus, maybe Bear begrudgingly, and just live and just have a good life and then he gets shot in the chest, which is Horrifying, absolutely horrifying to watch. So, I don't, I'm very curious to see what happens with him because Amy is gung ho to be like, We're going to attack. I'm making plans. Jeopard, there's a bunch of different ways I think they can go with him. One of them is he was shot and reborn. So, what does that mean? You know, is he a different Jeopard in season two, one who is not
3: willing to fight potentially? I got, yeah, I got to say, uh Jeopard has been such a just rock in this show of like unbelievable acting, like all the stuff pivots on this character. You have to believe this guy was an unbelievable football player, also a family man, like just the range and the the motion of this character, and like the the part where he just like checks like his shirt, you know like oh i just I was like no. No, it's it's unbelievable uh, uh, what they've been able to accomplish with this character and such a great casting choice. So happy.
2: Yeah. Uh, so good. Another thing I thought of in this watching this episode is the Jeopard Bear dynamic, the way they relate to Gus. Like it sort of is built in. There's so much talk about family from our guy, uh, Jimmy B. Uh, but uh, it's not it's not a mother father dynamic with Gus. It really is like older siblings. Mm -hmm. both the way they relate to Gus and the way they relate to each other. And I think that's, again, just a a more interesting choice they made creatively on that, rather than have them be the traditional, sort of the easier answer of mother-father.
0: Bear's storyline, which I thought was good, was definitely the most muted of everything that went on in this episode. She just had sort of a very small move, it felt like. She already went through... Not her catharsis, but her character change where, like she says towards the beginning of the episode, my whole worldview has changed. The hybrids are not what I thought they were. Uh, What does that mean for my life going forward? So hers felt a little more plotty to me in terms of filling in the information about Pigtail and then ultimately calling Birdie, which I don't think is a bad thing. But I definitely want to see more character movement from her potentially in season two. I am curious to hear from you guys who were super suspicious of Judy, the past couple of episodes, she turns out to be okay, right? Or are you
2: still suspicious of her? Don't I know you want to yeah. judge Judy? Yeah, uh, please. Stop. I want to judge Judy. I <laughs> see. I see.
3: I get. But it. also, I want to back up the Chuck a little bit. Uh, Bear was the leader of her like own cult here that like lived in a water park and then is now kind of walking Definitely earth,
0: not a water park, but go ahead.
3: Uh, is now walking the earth. Like, you can't say that she hasn't gone through a lot. Like, just to be like, oh, she isn't doing much. It's a little plotty. Like, F you, dude. She's been through so much. Um, He's got think- his eyes
2: on summer. He's just all water park all, oh, water- come all the time.
3: Come on, man. Pete, what did you think about the
0: revelation that Bobby built that amusement park?
3: <laughs> <laughs> he could have. The guy is unbelievable. He He's very talented.
2: And because, you know, the way we build, um, we as a society build water parks is by blowing up all the rock around the water park and carving it into.
0: This is a very little note, but I loved the pacing of the end of the episode. That last scene in the preserve with all the hybrid children. I've now watched the episode a couple of times and I like legitimately get choked up every time Gus and Pigtail hug just the way that shot is done the group that, hug is oh just, my god oh, it on. completely gets me the, the smile per-
3: the kid hat and the lighting the way he's glowing it's unbelievable
0: it's fantastic it's gorgeously shot it's absolutely beautiful it brings home everything that we've wanted out of this season and it gives gus a new purpose going into season 2 perfect ending And the fact that they don't do a mid-credits or end-credits sequence, but they just do this quick dip to black, so you know that's the end of the season. And then you get this extra tag of Bear calling Birdie and the reveal of Birdie is great. Just the way that it's all paced out is absolutely lovely. It it leaves you both heartwarmed and hopeful, but also stoked to get whatever's going to come
2: down the road. Yeah, and tanked. Mm. And don't forget they get tanked. Straight up bro. tanked, man. Yeah. I'm straight up tanked for this episode. <laughs> Better getting horsed. You got to get tanked. Yeah. yeah. That's the opposite. Pete's been pitching that. Uh, getting tanked?
0: Yeah, it's I'll a companion. It's an after show. Get horse mm. plays in a half an hour later like, have you
2: gotten a horse? Time to get tanked. <laughs> see, I feel like I always get tanked and then, then I get horsed. Oh, okay. Because i not. <laughs> we'll have to talk to the network. Not going to specify which yeah. one, but we'll talk oh, to them. It's our personal network. Um, What do you think Birdie – how is Birdie going to affect season two or season three of this show?
0: I imagine she's looking for the cure, right? Like that's what she did. We speculated a couple of episodes back that maybe she was heading off to find Gus. But I think it's now pretty clear that she headed back to wherever they found these microbes, this virus, whatever it was in the ice to begin with. And is trying to either find them again, find some new ones – some sort of way of stopping this virus because the other big tease that we get from the Abbott storyline is they believe there's a new wave of the sick coming. Potentially, it's going to mutate. He wants the cure from Sing, but I think Birdie is probably the one who is more able to actually find that cure, potentially.
2: Yeah, because she potentially invented it. <laughs> right. So yeah. she yeah. better than a random doctor <laughs> working in a... <laughs> Zoo. Right. <laughs> <Red. laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, I want to go back to a little bit to the Gus uh, moment there where it, you go from, you know, when there's this really nice moment between Jepperd and Gus and then like Gus reveals like, yeah, Hey, I was using that old uh, walkie talkie thing there. And you, it's just like, Oh no, it's, it's all over. And so like to kind of go from that low to that high of the group hug, uh, you know uh, To pull that
2: off Is really impressive It gets really dark Towards the end there yeah. Super yeah. dark Yeah Yeah That's why flyers Are so dangerous Like you can't have flyers mm-hmm. With all that information Flying around Because things change
0: Things Flyers change. need
2: to vanish They need to vanish Like Snapchats When I'm walking along On the street And I see a bunch of flyers On a telephone
0: pole Or something I look around Because I'm scared That uh, there's gonna be a boom
2: Oh wow mm. yeah. yeah It comes to the Wait, boom Yeah. And Alex, when you're there, you should pull one of those tabs and learn guitar. You should learn guitar from Dan. (laughs) Dan he's a good guy. Dan will teach you guitar. I did actually want to call out, I
0: loved, love slash hated the line, big man, I heard a boom. Uh, Just, I don't know, it was like a perfect little Gus line that stuck out to me for some reason. And then you have that horrible moment where... For a quick moment, I thought maybe
3: Jeopardy heard the boom and had a heart attack. Until yeah, I that's what I thought too. Yeah, because he just grabbed and then he's down. I was like, oh yeah, I'd be stressed too.
2: That that's a henchman with a good shot. Whoever got big man,
3: I they got me too.
0: I really thought maybe they were going to kill Jeopard because I don't know. He was lying in that field for a while before Amy. While
2: yeah. yeah, and they he was so convincingly dying. The the bad guys were like yeah. We got him. Yeah,
0: he's dead. He's done.
2: Uh, one other thing, uh, I feel like a show that took so many um, liberties or, or made so many creative choices away from the source material in the comic book. They there are some images throughout this the season and in this episode specifically that I was like, "Wow, that's a panel from the comic." One of them, the um, henchman working under Singh. Now, uh, there's sort of this very tall, lanky guy, and he sort of leans in. I was like, "That is the casting on his face is a Jeff Lemire drawing." Johnny, you mean? Yeah, maybe maybe I don't know the name, but uh, it's it was it's perfect. the guy with
0: kind of like sort of a very light bullet that we've seen in yeah, previous yes. episodes. Yes. So yeah, I think his M- name Lass is Johnny. Yeah. You're totally right. He absolutely looks like a Jeff Lemire character. Also, like we talked about before, and I still haven't revisited the comic, but there are little things that blip out, and Gus in the cage is definitely one that I was like, oh okay, all right, I remember that. This. this is sparking a memory of the comic in particular, and them being in the preserve. Um, also I think there's a cover of Gus leading all spoiler, I guess, but leading all the animal children out of the preserve and Mm. seeing that moment at the end with all of them made me remember that as well. So yeah, absolutely. Lots of stuff jumping out.
3: I tell you, uh, what would be right out of a comic book is you get old, uh, Brolin on camera and that's, uh, Jeff Lemire right there too. What?
0: Are you <laughs> saying that James Brolin looks like Jeff LeMere?
3: No, I'm saying he looks drawing. like a drawing from a Jeff Lemire comic.
0: Oh, yes, James, that is very true. Um, one other thing, just as I'm looking through my notes here, a uh, couple of things that jumped out at me. The drone flying at the beginning, we speculated what was going on with that drone at the beginning of the previous episode, and then they actually bring it when we see it flying at the beginning of this episode, which I thought was a fun little, like, Callback explanation. Um also, I don't know about you guys, but the whole attack on the hybrid children, specifically when Bobby comes out with his tiny little ball and then he sees the guys there, I gasped in h- absolute horror about what was about to happen to the best character on the show. <laughs>
2: no, what's wow. What's your relationship with Bobby, Alex? Is it fatherly? Do you identify with Bobby? Yeah. Uh, are you Bobby?
3: Is that what you are?
2: Tell me how, when you look at him. I think
0: it's it's probably the same way that Pete is horrified by Emmett's Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Yep. Uh-huh. I think I am enchanted by that sort of thing. It sort of reminds me of, you know, going to Disney World and seeing those janky animatronics that are kind of buffing <laughs> around that I have such a good association with. Um, um, or maybe like Chuck E. Cheese. He's like a Chuck E. Cheese guy, you know, and you always have a fun time there.
2: Yes, great no pizza one's ever great games. no no one's ever had a bad time at a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so interesting. So it's sort of a nostalgia play. Is your love of Bobby?
0: That's probably what it is. It probably is a pleasant association with very old school muppets. Because I, I, this is definitely showing my age, but like for the most part, I've never really hooked into CGI characters. There's something about them that's like. Uh, obviously, there's some that really work. I was but, gonna say. But Jar Jar I think Binks. there's something. What? Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, Jar Jar Binks. Watto. <laughs> yeah, some that. Yeah, some yeah. that really Simulma. work.
3: <laughs> the little penguins uh, in Star Wars. You love. When are they mean? gonna get
0: those three together to have a show of their own? Oh man, make it happen, Disney Plus. Uh, I think you know. You look at like I think this is the reason that Baby Yoda works. Is there's spot CGI elements, but the fact that they're actually using a puppet it makes it more tactile it makes it feel more real even though it doesn't quite look as real at the same time it uh and you can see more of an interaction between the other characters and the physical being so yeah i don't know if i was to look into it i think that's the reason that i'm hooking into bobby so much but also it's a cute little furry dude with a tiny little ball and he's wearing a cub scout suit and it's adorable
2: Uh and Pete, you like Bobby because of his um tunnel building prowess.
3: Yeah, well the fact that he is the now he's the explosive expert. I'm really looking forward to going forward how things are gonna roll out with Bobby and his tunneling and ex- explosive expertise. Interesting,
2: he's sort of the Mr. T or the howling Mad Murdoch, I guess. Exactly. You, he's mad Murdoch,
3: exactly. Uh, uh,
2: yeah. Great. So know you Big like Man Bobby because him. you like Bobby because he reminds you of Murdoch from A Team. A yep. lot of people, yep. tens of people, share that same opinion. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. But I want, I want to kind of go back to something real quick, guys. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, um, and I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> you not trying what? Pres- yeah, yeah.
2: You've been prescribing me medication for twelve
3: years. <laughs> Why is Doctor Singh going at that poor lizard child with a buzz saw? Like, what medically are you doing with that? And what is why does that have to happen like that? Wouldn't it be a smaller incision? And then, like, like what do you? what is that? Well, it the only so...
0: interaction I've ever had with a doctor is the hit movie Dr. Giggles, and he definitely <laughs> cuts up a
3: lot of people. Yeah. I did that not is... see that coming.
0: Yeah, da- I, see Dr. <laughs> I coming. Did not see Dr. Giggles coming. I don't know where that was in my memory, but it
2: just wow. popped out right there. Uh, I think he, he's going to cut a little limb off. He's going to cut some... Some and to see grows back, could...
0: is that what you're no, 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 no? They established earlier on that it comes from the stem cells, it comes from the bone marrow. That's where they get that secret sauce that is the cure. So, I don't he, remember it, that part, I guess. Uh, maybe yeah, they're not talked a doctor, Yeah, <laughs> you weren't paying attention during that part. It wasn't about Bobby digging tunnels. Yeah. They talked about this during the secret sauce episode or maybe it was the next episode when they explained it a little further, but either way, that's where they believe the cure lies. So they, he's got to just cut this kid apart, take out his brain, take Uh, the parts, get the stem cells, do the genetic research. um, Just cut him up for spare parts. It's absolutely awful, but that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Before we move on to the ever important candy portion of the show, any other moments from this finale that you guys want to call out?
3: I really don't want to eat candy right now. I'm so grossed out about that lizard guys. Well, stuff. I could
0: talk about just very briefly. I really liked how Wendy aka Pigtail stepped up in this episode. I thought that was really nice. Um obviously it didn't turn out very well, but the relationship between Amy and Pigtail is really good. Pigtail and the other hybrids is good. Uh and Pigtail and Gus is great. I'm very curious to see what happens going forward in this potential season 2. Where you have these two hybrids who can talk, who are a little more evolved than everybody else, as well as we get a look at a bunch of other very hairy children in the background. Yeah, there, it
3: looked like the cast of cats. I was like, a, "This a is little weird." Bit, a yeah,
0: little bit. Bit. I was yeah. like, yeah. That, "That was one that I felt like mm, yeah. maybe they slapped that out a little quickly." <laughs>
2: like, they're definitely Wow, there was a Mister Mistopheles, Am I saying that yeah. correctly? <laughs> in the background, there, the orange
3: kid. Yeah, the kid who was all orange fur.
2: Yeah. Uh, great, can't wait for the song and dance number All oh, musical man. season Yes um, I didn't say this before, but I'm still suspicious of Judy You know, you <laughs> want to fall in love with Judy Judy's, so something's up with Judy She's a little too kind here Here's what I want to see in season two I
0: want to see more Judy I want to yeah. see more Bobby I want to see Judy teaming up with Bobby What oh, are they doing? Uh, what are they interested in? Yeah. Are they going to watch a movie together? What's going to happen? Mm, that's
2: maybe like. a rom- maybe a romance develops. Hmm, that's right. May May December. You don't know how old Bobby is.
0: That's true. He could be a hybrid adult.
2: Bobby could be like forty five years old, looking for love with Judy. Yeah, Bobby over the hill. Oh, man. <laughs> no.
0: Bobby ready for uh, retirement. What?
3: <laughs>
2: Bobby vested in 401k As we established early on Bobby was at um, The Capitol on January 6th Uh, (laughs) So Bobby's got shit going on That you don't even know
0: Bobby currently facing no consequences Oh my god Well that's a little topical humor for you Let's move on First it's of all like Just before we one. actually Move on to the candy <laughs> Great season of the show Fingers crossed Really hope there is A second season Uh Clearly it's been at the As we tape this The top of the Netflix Trends for Still A solid week I think it's yeah. been number one Which is Well deserved But absolutely wild So very Good excited Good
2: reviews yeah. People like it
0: Yeah Fingers crossed We'll get a season two But let's move Into the candy review portion Yes On this week's episode We're gonna be talking About Kit Kat
2: Yes uh, Now I got this Kit Kat at my local store, my local bodega. Should I be alarmed that it features a Santa on it? Wait, what? <laughs> Hold
3: it up. <laughs> oh, that's some wow. sort of. Wow, that's old candy, well, bro.
2: Where, that's where's, old the, candy. where's the born on date for this uh, candy? Oh, I still ash- got it.
3: I'm, unfortunately, I'm ashamed to admit that. Uh, Uh, I have six individually wrapped Kit-Kat. I had to rob my neighbor's kid six times of his uh, little lunch treat his mom puts in there. Oh, wow.
2: So wait, you didn't need to get six. You only need one little bite. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
3: I needed to get a full Kit-Kat. It's like
0: stealing candy from a baby six times in a row. (laughs) That's right. And I'll say I did not. I know you guys have been pretty upset about this. I did not go to the gas station to pick up a Kit-Kat this time. At all. Uh, No, I went to, I live near a place called uh, Industry City, and there they have Japan Village, where they have a really exciting food (laughs) store. Why can't you
3: just get what you're supposed to get? So I got
0: a couple of Kit Kats. I've got a uh, Shinshu apple flavored Kit Kat, a uh, peach parfait Kit Kat.
3: You're not reviewing the thing.
0: Banana caramel Kit Kat. Uh, Oh, here's one. Uh, Sparkling wine with strawberry Kit Kat. And here's one that I can only imagine is flavored like a polar bear because that's all it has on it.
2: Do you you have a real flavored Kit Kat, asshole? No. No. Wow. You, Always flexing I, on us I, from the top of Candy Mountain. Yeah, just <laughs> gotta look down. Let's, oh Alex, tell us how your sparkling wine Kit Kat is. Sure, I
0: can start with that one. That oh, sounds fine.
2: God. No, that's I think you have to save that. That pairs well with the pineapple goof one that you said for <laughs> pineapple goof flavored. Uh, here, I'll start with the banana caramel. That's what I'm gonna do. That sounds
0: good.
3: Why would you start with that?
0: Why not? You know, well, talk to me. Talk to me about Kit Kat. What do you think? This <laughs> what, is a, what do you think it'd be?
3: I love a Kit Kat. You know what I mean? It's simple. Yeah. You know what you're getting every time? It's a light kind of treat where you got the wafer. makes it not as heavy. That's why I don't like a Snickers. It's too much fucking shit to eat. You don't.
2: You don't <laughs> too much shit to eat. Snickers is the king of candy bars. I said a it from Snickers the
3: Snickers is if you miss a meal, you have a Snickers. Hmm. I want candy is a treat. It's a light little in between thing that's like oh. So no. this is
0: this is pretty good. This is basically like a basic Kit Kat with sort of a banana like creme brulee.
3: Nobody cares. Scent
0: to it. <laughs> oh
3: no. You were supposed uh, to eat, cool. get a Kit Kat and you didn't.
0: I don't know. What do you think about? We talked about this on the podcast before, I think, but what do you think about the fact that you get two Kit Kats or potentially four?
2: Four. four? The normal pack has four. I have two tiny ones. Yeah, um, I think it's great, and I like that it's the segmented nature of the Kit Kat. It's the best version of it, like the Hershey bar. With the way you break that, it's always like jagged and shit. You can't break a Snickers except by slowly eating it with your mouth because it's the best.
3: Nope.
2: Um, so I like the break. I like the wafers as well. It's Pete. Um, what you said earlier, like I feel like. Biting into this Kit Kat is like taking a bite out of a, a gecko boy's leg. <laughs> with, a... I gotta try. Oh, this smells good. My
3: joke could die one of these days, Justin. I gotta have the Shinshu apple now. I couldn't care less.
2: Sorry, Alex, I'm gonna duck out until you finish your private candy tasting. That <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. Have... This is really good.
0: This one is good. Do you guys like apple stuff?
2: You like apple apples? stuff?
0: <laughs> well, I'm I'm a big fan of apple candy, so I think that's why I lean Do towards you this like more apples. Than... Yeah, I like apples. <laughs> oh, we should number. have reviewed apples on this show.
2: Oh, oh man. okay.
3: You're that guy at Halloween.
0: <laughs> Here's I gotta her you why you right. like
3: those apples.
0: There was a Halloween where we stopped by a house and the house was giving out wrap sticks of celery. Oh. And for some which seemed terrible to me, but my daughter loved it and asked for celery, like, the entire year afterwards. She was like, that was the best. Oh, I love that so much. More don't celery, nature's, please.
2: Nature's don't, candy. Very weird. Don't raise. That bridges, is weird. It? What's up with her taste buds? Oh. Celery's nature's
0: toothbrush. Doesn't get it for me. All right. I'm going to, one more. I'm going to try the sparkling wine with strawberry one. We'll see. Just to kind of finish up here.
2: What a way to kick off our day. This
0: one
3: has white chocolate. I already don't like it. Kit Kat from start to
2: finish is just glorious. It's just so delicious oh, and light. Terrible. Let me throw it out there. I'm going to put Kit Kat oh right God. underneath, right underneath Snickers. Wow. Oh, God. What happened, Alex? I don't know. Alex, There's something
0: about that. Yourself? It's like it's like eating something rotten or mold. Oh, like well, I don't lizard? like that at all. That's terrible. The apple one was, was the best one, but this what was this sparkling wine with strawberry? Got off? Huh? It's it's absolutely strawberry. disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's terrible. Ooh. Don't ever eat that. Yeah. All right. So we've tasted Kit Kat. Some of us, at least. Yeah. So it's now, good.
2: what? I said it's good. It's right underneath Snickers in my power ranking.
0: Yeah, it's a good one. It's a very good one. But it is time Classic. now to determine who is going to be the winner of the coveted Syrup Cup from Season 1 of Sweet Tooth. So real quick, I'm going to read off each of the candies that were reviewed so far on the podcast. We've done Snickers, Three Musketeers, Twix, Sour Gummy Worms, sort of, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Twizzlers, Milky Way, and now Kit Kat. So of mm. those choices, Justin, we'll start with you. Why don't we do this? You can uh, say what your number one choice is. Go to bat for it very briefly, and then if there's any
2: rebuttals, we can kind of jump in there. Justin, nice. you want to go first? I would love to. The chair recognizes himself. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, <laughs> you just I, referred to yourself as a chair. I'm the chair of the candy uh, uh, candy senate. God. No way. Um, the uh, I the Snickers. I've said it from the beginning. <laughs> you have not swayed me a bit with your also ran candy bars a milky way is the shadow of a snickers don't come me. it's milky like a way. snickers this is it's supposed sn- to be
3: a wise snickers don't come at me stick to no. the topic chair the
2: the only <laughs> the only way i know how to compliment something is by you don't want lowering everything around it oh i i want whatever garbage smoke you're gonna put out there <laughs> what like nougat based shit you're gonna try to get into our mouths um Snickers has it all, like you said, Pete. It's a full meal. It's something it's you too can much. really. It's something you could take home to it's, your family. It's something uh, you can.
3: Candy is not a meal. You shouldn't have it so jammed up with shit. You can't eat anything else. You got to go to bed afterwards. It's too much shit in there. You I can't have to go to bed.
0: It. I'm with Pete I think- here. I got to be honest. Snickers is way at the bottom of my list of the things that we we're. Wow.
2: Talking. Are you telling me I if have to I'm go to bed? Like, I'm <laughs> go to <a>
3: star- <laughs> if I'm, like, starving on an island, I want a Snickers because I'll get all that shit in me. But otherwise, I want to enjoy things. And a, and a nice combination of flavors. Not like Yeah, and the nice standard. thing about Stranded on a
0: Desert Island is they've got those Snickers trees everywhere.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Dropped Snickers. Stranded on a Desert Island. <laughs> yeah. uh, the chair rests his case. Oh, all right. Okay. Pete, over to you.
3: What is
0: your... <laughs> Choice
2: First, for the I would one just Kenny. like
3: to... Uh, oh, well, my choice is Milky Way because...
2: What? what? Shut oh, up! Get out of shut here! Bad There's choice. no reaction time! The there worst was no choice.
3: reaction when Justin did his thing! We, shut you up! Yelled yeah, you yelled the
2: entire time. You shouted! You're like, Desert Island, it's okay. And I'm like, yeah. what? That has nothing to do. All
3: right, listen. I don't care what you guys think. I love a Milky Way because I love caramel. All right, I love a light caramel Snickers. in my... Yeah, with all this other shit where you can't really taste it. The nougat is a nice thing for the caramel to float on top of. It's like a little pillow of nougat with caramel there and then chocolate. It's the perfect combination. It's light. It's delicious. It is just a nice treat. Uh, A Snickers (laughs) is too much. It's enjoyable, but it's just too much. When I think of candy, when I think of having a treat, something that is light and delicious and just melts and just oh, it's, uh, it's Snicker bar, you're like oh, oh I've, uh, you can't eat it frozen. <laughs> it's so hard
2: to bite into frozen. You can't eat it frozen.
3: It's just too much. It's it's, it's
2: gr- just too it's much. Great. I it's want less. I t- want less out of life. I want to have a Sometimes to have something light. I want to have a nougat life. Three Musketeers,
0: Milky Way, and Snickers are basically the same candy bar. You just add one thing each time. Exactly. Exactly. So
3: that's how close to greatness it is. All right. That's fine,
0: Pete. Bad choice. Uh, here's my choice. I Honestly, this was a little bit of a toss-up because I liked a lot of the things that we reviewed, as we've talked about some of my favorite candies here for different reasons. I was very close to choosing Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, which is definitely one of my go-tos, particularly oh, yeah. when it comes to holiday times. I always tend to grab a sack of whatever. Grab a sack? You grab a sack. Grab Let's a not sack. harp on that too much. Right. No, it's Monday time. I know, you grab a sack. I know you're going to rip on me for this. The one I'm going to go with is sour gummy worms. And the reason, even though...
2: Oh, I- shocker!
3: Oh, wow! <laughs> and, and your fruit like you. cup that you had, then that weird-ass fruit cup. Even though I cup. got
0: that poison cup from the deli, that was the one that I kept going back to. That was the one that I was like, well, I'll just have one more sour gummy worm here. They were really good. Like, they were the classic neon sour gummy worms, and they were delicious. So that's going to be my number one choice.
2: That's okay. Just- so now we have to just the three of us agree on which one's the, is the winner.
0: <laughs> All right, let's yeah. say it one, two. No, I don't think we're ever going to agree. So I'll tell you <laughs> yes, why. That's
2: right. I'll tell you, you why. Think, you don't think you, we're going to agree? Yes.
0: We're, let's convince convince us to like Snickers the worst candy bar, Justin. <laughs> go ahead.
3: <laughs> Snickers. Well, is first is definitely, off, it's not no the matter, worst candy bar. Exactly.
2: I mean, it's it's not the, the other worst. Ones.
3: If you've uh, missed a couple of meals, have a Snickers bar.
2: If the other candy bars you were pitching that are like like what call it or it's like put some effort into your candy bar. <laughs> what <laughs> is this you just threw it's a bunch of stuff in a pot and then stirred it around and put I'd it rather in candy have bar
3: a baby me. Ruth than a Snickers bar baby Ruth
0: in any case I don't that? think we're ever what going what were you doing that was from goodies baby Ruth
3: that was not
0: yeah. yeah. it was like I don't know a bunch of stuff at the same time anyway I'm definitely going to cut that part out of the podcast but yeah. please do. I don't think we're ever going to figure this out. I think it's a three-way tie, so I'll tell you what. We need to bring in an impartial judge to yes. figure out who should be the winner of the Syrup Cup.
2: A person who has an expertise in candy and nothing else matters.
0: So we are going to bring in on the next episode of the show Jim Mickle, the co-showrunner and director of Sweet Tooth. He's going to come in. He's going to judge the Syrup Cup, determine what is the best candy wow. of syrup season one. And also maybe we'll talk to him a little bit about the show as well. So that's going to be rolling out in the podcast feeds next week. That's right. We're not quite done with Sweet Tooth yet. And not only that, we're going to have another bonus episode with Amanda Burrell, an executive producer on Sweet Tooth, as well as a the president of Team Downey, the company that produced it. And yes, that is uh, from Robert Downey Jr., in case you couldn't figure that out, as well as his wife, Susan Downey. So those should be super fun. So definitely stay tuned for those next week. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Sweet Tooth iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. At Comic Book Live on Twitter, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, the Candyman can.
2: Get horsed!
0: Get tanked.